fed up with the current state of wrestling? Our hosts discuss things from the wrestling archives and enter the ring for WrestleShock. Now, join Alan Price and Chris Fint for their commentary. everyone and welcome to another episode of WrestleShock. Uh, this is another WrestleShock review. It's been a while since we've actually done one of these because I haven't actually had the time to sit down and do one. But I'm not alone. Um, as Michael Jackson said, you are not alone, but I'm not alone. And I have somebody sitting beside me. Who are you? Hello everybody, it's Alan Price again. Yes, Alan GW Price on YouTube, that is correct. On the YouTube, Where you yes. can actually hear Alan talk about wrestling and such delightful things and like that. rubbish and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, normally they're intertwined, you know, with him talking wrestling and rubbish. What, me and rubbish? You and rubbish, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got a couple of reviews um, today. Um, the first one is the best of WWE at Madison Square Garden. So I shall read the synopsis. Because uh, Alan's only seen a couple of little bits here and there of this. So, for nearly 50 years, Madison Square Garden has become the home of WWE. From sellout crowds cheering on Bruno San Martino's incredible championship run to the birth of Hulkamania, the inaugural WrestleMania, a stunner heard around the world, and seven several legendary moments in between. WWE presents the moments that have helped legitimise the moniker World's Most Famous Arena. This collection showcases over 20 of the greatest matches and moments at MSG, spanning all generations of WWE. Along with interviews from several WWE legends and superstars, fans will relive several of the key moments in history that shaped the WWE of today. I was about to say seven moments. Yes, just seven. That's just, all it is. just seven. That's seven it. Moments. It's a bit of a short DVD. Yeah. So it. this is actually hosted by the uh, uh, the unemployed Matt Striker. Oh dear. Yeah. Yes, so it's obviously pre-recorded quite a bit in advance. Then it was because you actually hear Backlund talking, and it comes up saying WWE Hall of Famer Bob mm-hmm. Backlund, WWE Hall of Famer Bruno San Martino. Yeah. So it must have been recorded round Mania. Round Mania. But whenever you see Triple H talking, he has his long hair. See, WWE tend to build up tons of stock video yeah. because that's usually what they tend to do around WrestleMania is just plonk somebody in a room and mm-hmm. just say, okay, let's talk for a couple of hours. Yeah, because he is in Madison Square Garden while they're talking, so whether he's actually been doing this before yeah. they've actually done the Hall of Fame. Um, so you hear Matt Stryker talking about 50 years of history in Madison Square Garden from the WWE days. Um, there's some, some older matches on this which... Honestly, the best one out of here for me was Billy Graham versus Brenner San Martino, which was a really good match. Uh, Bob Backlund versus Ken Patera was neither here nor there, and then Bob Backlund versus Harley Race was very, very slow. Um, Ivan Koloff versus Pedro Morales. As soon as Ivan Koloff came up, and I went, "Oh look, it's Mad Dog for Sean!" But wait, it's not <laughs> because uh, whenever we saw him backstage, we thought it was him, but it was Ivan Koloff actually. Um, Easy mistake to me. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, the Billy Graham Bruno Sammartino. Um, you hear Billy Graham doing his promo. You know, um, what I'm giving up my Hall of Fame ring for thirty thousand dollars. Not that one. Um, then we hear the Iron Sheik talking about Hulk Hogan. Not in the Iron Sheik Twitter rant. Let's just leave it at that. I knew would say something. That's why I laughed. <laughs> I was so wanting to go and do that. Um, so we we hear we have that match that Hogan wins the belt and then we have a match that I've never seen before a boot camp match Sergeant Slaughter versus the Iron Sheik I think he actually had to get a boot or something in that which is very very random that sounds extremely random to me yeah so uh, we hear Vince McMahon talk about Wrestlemania you know like this has been uh, taken from the true story Wrestlemania wherever he says I took a huge gamble with Wrestlemania if it didn't exceed we wouldn't have the studio I wouldn't be here you wouldn't be here and then we see the Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Rowdy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Arndorf, um, which is obviously probably a match that yeah, a match that this is the first time actually that I've actually sat down and watched this match from beginning to end. Seriously? Yeah, because I've only seen like the bit at the end wherever um, wherever Orton comes out and hits Arndorf in the back of the head. I thought that was in. <laughs> uh, but it's not. Uh, sorry, we're watching the Man United Chelsea game um, while we're actually recording this. Um, yeah, so that was the first time I've seen that. Uh, we then hear The Miz um, talking about um, the Honky Tonk versus the Ultimate Warrior uh, from uh, SummerSlam 90, or SummerSlam 88, sorry. Um, he, if you want to hear a Honky Tonk Man's one of your earlier interviews. That is correct. It actually has over 1,500 hits on YouTube. Sometimes. Goodness gracious me. Um, so you actually hear him talking about how he used to be a warrior. He used to get like uh, streamers and put them around his arms and mm-hmm. things and then paint his face. And um, he, he was actually watching that and he got really excited the warrior was coming out and he was dancing around the room whenever he turned around the warrior one and he missed the entire match. <laughs> um, which I thought was a, a cool story. Um, then we have one of probably Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect's best matches was from SummerSlam three years later yeah. uh, 91 um, obviously you would have seen in Bret Hart's uh, Bester is Bester was Bester ever will be DVD that he talks about um, Kurt Henning Mr. Perfect wanting to do this match for him even though he had like major back problems yeah. but like the majority of wrestlers you don't really know Aye. that it's there um, like some of the spots he does like whenever he actually hits his back into the the post and things mm-hmm. like that but um, it was the thing I always remember from watching that is the things I picked up now having known <clears throat> excuse me the fact that um, he had the back issues you see he takes a lot of bumps similar to the way Flair did towards the end of his yeah. career he was landing a bit more sideways yeah. than he would flatten his back uh, <clears throat> so do you remember much about that match? just that it was a memorable match you can't really say that a match between Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect is going to be anything but a great match mm-hmm. and it just shows you again the sort of competitor that Perfect was that he wanted to do that match it's actually almost you could compare it to the fact of what we had at SummerSlam with Cena and Daniel Bryan Yeah, that uh, <coughs> Perfect being the sort of same as Cena both injured but wanted to do the match in order to put the other over Yeah, yeah. and then you have Lord Alfred Hayes talking to um Stu Hart and then Stu Hart says something he goes like yes and that's brilliant and oh, he, just just, he just goes he just away. completely cuts him off yeah. and you can see Stu Hart protect, trying to talk and Alfred's depending on he to him um, we then have the ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon from Wrestlemania 10 which of course is probably where the the ladder matches kind of <coughs> started there was one prior to that which I think was Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels but it wasn't obviously on a yeah. level 
Um, but I think Ric Flair said that Shawn Michaels went down and had a match with a ladder in that one. Uh, we then have Kevin Nash talking about um, uh, he was on a European tour and somebody phoned him and said Vince wants you to see him and he was like oh no what have I done because he got up to some antics while they were on tour well, that's not a surprise with Big Sexy <laughs> and uh, went to Vince's house and Vince uh, he sat down he kind of just sat with his feet on the floor and actually nodded off while he was waiting for Vince and Vince came in and went make yourself at home and he came in and he says like uh, we're going to put the belt on you and Kevin Ash is like, what, the IC belt? He went, no, the World Heavyweight belt. <laughs> and um, it kind of took a minute for it to dawn on him. <clears throat> and then he was like, oh, yeah, of course you are. But inside, he's kind of going like, oh, brilliant, I'm going to be the champ. So obviously, this is like <laughs> the eight-second match where he just kicks Bob Backlund, jackknife power Jack bombs him, yeah. pins him, and that's it. And there was actually a promo that he cuts after that, which I'd never seen before, because mm-hmm. I'd only seen that and him kind yeah. of nodding his head that he beat Bob Backlund um, then we go to The Rock talking about his uh, pay-per-view debut which was in Survivor Series 96 oh, uh, with a big massive mop top hair and the just weird trying to tribal outfit that he yeah, was wearing pretty much. Um, so it's him, Mark Marrow and the Stalker who was Barry Windham and uh, Jake the Snake Roberts against uh, Jerry Lawler Hunter Hearst Helmsley who was very posh and, yes, you know, yes, uh, yes. Goldust and Crush that, those are two of the weirdest teams yeah. I've ever seen yeah well Mark Henry was meant to be with Merrow's team mm-hmm. but they brought Robertson instead but my, Rocky Maivia wins uh, you actually hear the crowd chanting Rocky and things like that uh, Vince then talks about uh, the stunner herd around the world as it likes to be epically called which is Austin stunning the boss the first time obviously yeah. Austin had been injured and said like we don't want you to wrestle because you'll injure yourself mm-hmm. and it's like I appreciate the fact that you and the WWF care and I also appreciate the fact that hell you can kiss my ass <laughs> and then as Austin says he kind of takes the stunner and, and then flips around the one that Jericho describes as like getting a bottle of water yes stung. and then just going like that there and go like but if that was oh, good stunner good stunner but if that had been Jericho taken over it would have been like yep ripped um, apart yeah ripped apart by that <laughs> uh, sorry just taking a drink uh, we then have Mick Foley talking about the Falls Count Anywhere match um, Hunter Hurst Helmsley versus Cactus Jack um, so this is Triple H with China yep. this was whenever it was meant to be with Dude Love and then you had Dude Love and Mankind on the yes, 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 on the Titan Tron and then Cactus Jack comes out and this is obviously the first time that he'd been in the WWF um, he hadn't been there before uh, Cactus yeah. Jack had only been because that had been ECW and Independence as, soon as, he comes and out, stuff, as yeah. soon as he comes out ECW chants start happening um, but that was a very brutal match you know the pile driver on the table and um, then uh, Cactus Jack winning I know because they have a lot longer history than people think yes they do indeed because obviously they had a match then at um, Royal Rumble 2000 which was actually three years after this um, which is quite something uh, we then had Jim Ross talking about uh, the Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys for the uh, Royal Rumble yes. 2000 um, so this was the one where um, Jeff, Jeff takes the, the, the yeah. swanton off the taxi cab yeah. onto it so that's what happened there um, a good match um Daniel Bryan talks about the number one contender triple threat match uh, Triple H versus Kurt Angle versus Chris Jericho and just says that he loves it whenever he comes out and people boo him and <laughs> boo his music and things and he loves that 
and you just see him coming out doing the yes or the no or what have you. Um, we then have Booker T um, saying that um, whenever the invasion thing was happening, uh, Austin and Angle went to WWF New York to look for Booker T, and Booker T wasn't there, and Vince was in the ring talking about something. Right. Uh, Shane comes down, and then um, Booker T says, like, whenever he was going in there, he said to Vince, What do you want me to do? And Vince says, Just do what you need to. Don't be taking it easy on me, and then does the scissor kick. All the WWF locker room comes out, and Booker T jumps off the over the railing and then yeah. runs away. So that was like the precursor of like whenever DDP came in, and then Booker T picking Austin up and throwing him through the the table. One of the best times. Uh, Triple H returning um, from his quad injury. That's a that's a given. Uh, I actually got uh, goosebumps whenever that actually happened. Whenever that I was actually rewatching that again because I was just you know like him just saying that that would be something that he'll always remember. It's like you you think that whenever you come back, will people remember you? Yeah. Will you hear crickets? I just said that was very very good. What wasn't it? Didn't have to play his music a couple of times or something. I think like that? he said he had all the corners and his music just kept looping, mm-hmm. and then Angle came out and then drops him, and then he enters himself in the two thousand two Royal Rumble, which he wins. Yep. Now this is a big shocker for me. Um, we hear the Big Show talking about Big Show versus Cena, which is kind of the. Pre- he said this was like homage to Hogan and Andre mm, that's true now, I get that Cena got some amount of cheers you know it's let's go Cena so mm. whenever you go let's go Cena what comes after that Cena sucks usually let's go Cena 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 that's mm-hmm. all that kept happening mm-hmm. um, just you know very much different from 2004 to what we're going to experience probably in 2014 yeah say you know like um, it's just very different to, uh, to see that I'll actually put it on for you later on mm-hmm. and to show you this and you'll be like I different know, times it's just different times indeed <clears throat> we then have Trish Stratus saying that her last Raw was in Madison Square Garden her last pay per view was in Canada mm-hmm. so like two big um, arenas there for her and her last match was Trish Stratus versus Mickey James which was a good match for all concerned um Cena then again returns in the Royal Rumble um, from an injury uh, 2008 I think that's one thing I will never forget you know come coming down to Royal Rumbles mm-hmm. you know we always get you know one or two surprises every now and again with the Rumbles like so you know when Edge returned or from Jericho. his injury and Jericho there yeah. as well uh, this year's Rumble but I remember I think that's the probably one of the most shocked times I've ever been at a Rumble simply because that was the time, wasn't that, from the injury with Ken, like Ken Kennedy, that he was like on the yes. table, yes. and he came down and he wrecked his yeah, shoulder like, or his yeah, arm or like, something? Because he kept pointing to like his upper shoulder and yeah. kept pointing to that. And he was meant to be out for like nine months or mm-hmm. something like that, and he came back in, what was it, like five and a half, six months something for the like Rumble, that, yeah. and it was like ridiculous. Whereas, I think that's probably when we'll see him back here this yes I think it'll be, be rumble. safe to see if he doesn't make the rumble then he'll probably make the, the chamber um, mm-hmm. to get it in for the, the belt <clears throat> um, but if you if you do buy this set or you have seen you have the Royal Rumble put this on and in the if you're looking at the screen over to the right hand side there's a guy with an RKO fleece just watch his reaction whenever Triple H gets thrown out because he is not happy no he kind of just like slumps over the thing kind of like no I don't want to see it win at all um, we have Shawn Michaels talking about the triple threat tag team match from Raw 
which was Degeneration X versus Jericho versus John Cena and The Undertaker. Cena was the mm. WWE champion and Undertaker was World Heavyweight champion. And it ends with um, Cena getting the Tombstone Pile Driver from Boom. The Undertaker. Um, that was actually good, and then Matt Stryker just talking about great moments happening here, and you know, like he knows what's going to happen here. But in the Blu-ray, you actually get um, some um, exclusive Ooh. extras. Uh, Ted DiBiase uh, talking about the Brett Hitman Hart versus Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase, oh dear, uh, coming backstage and saying <laughs> that, um, saying that he comes backstage, and Pat Patterson says. You two have such chemistry in the ring, you know. Like I can't believe that you've been in the ring that often. And uh, Ted DiBiase says that's the first time we've actually been in the ring with each other. And it actually ends in a no contest because it's a time limit draw, uh, yeah. but it's a pretty good match. Uh, and then we have Alberto Del Rio saying that um, this was one of his favorite matches was him versus CM Punk whenever like. Hardfinkel comes out mm-hmm. and introduces Punk. Yeah. Punk then, this is number one of 434 days. Um, so we have that. And then you have extra stories from the likes of Mr. Fuji, who they actually subtitle. <laughs> uh, Road Warrior Animal, Barry Windham, Coco Beware, Ricky Steamboat, Rocky Johnson, Edge, Brooklyn Brawler. And then we have a nice thing, Vince McMahon um, being inducted in the Madison Square Garden Walk of Fame oh, um, yeah. by Shane and Stephanie. You can actually see him getting very teary-eyed whenever they're actually talking about him. Mm. And whenever he actually talks, you can actually hear his voice kind of go a little yeah. bit. Mo- uh. Emotional Vince is always very weird to watch because you're just always used to him being such a strong character. Yes, we d- you really are. Um, now, if I can just click on the... Coming soon. Yeah, so that's basically that for the best of Madison Square Garden. Um, what, would, what would you rate it out of 10? <coughs> all in all, you know, it's, it's a good set. Um, <clears throat> I'd probably give it like a solid seven. So it would. Mm-hmm. It's just a case of there is some good moments there, but just a few of the earlier matches, maybe on the set. Yeah, it's kind of like disc one. It's very much like in the um, history of the WWE Championship. Disc one kind of lets it down a little bit. So you can actually get the Blu-ray, which is a two disc set for twenty two ninety nine, or the DVD for nineteen ninety nine, um, and then. You know, like I said, it has all that stuff on it there. Um, it's actually out the 9th of September, so you can actually pre order it today. If you pre order three items, you actually get 10% off and you actually pay for it then and there and then. So it means you don't have to worry about it. So I've done this one, whereas Alan is going to take you to the next one. Indeed, which is Payback 2013. Uh, this is one that. Uh, when we watched live, Chris unfortunately could not join us, and uh, our other compadre Haley was uh, had to go home actually sick. So Chris hasn't seen a great deal of this. He's I think he's seen pretty much the Divas match, and that's probably about it. I think Divas, <coughs> Divas, and the, probably the Ziggler Del Rio match. And yes, the Jericho Punk match. That's probably it. Probably the most important ones. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, first match on the card is the triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship: Wade Barrett versus The Miz versus Curtis Axel. Um, as we all know, that Curtis Axel spot was originally bound for Fandango, but he got his concussion shot. So Curtis Axel was lucky enough to step up and take the spot alongside his manager, Paul Heyman. Um, that's actually that was a surprise on the card. It was not one that I expected to be stand out. 
and be a really really fantastic match because sometimes triple threats can really fall flat on their face yeah it's a case of one of them gets thrown outside the ring and then the other yeah. two kind of go at it for a yeah. while and you know there was a case of that in this match where you know somebody got thrown out and all that sort of stuff but it still was a very very enjoyable match and it was one of those weird ones because it's three guys that yes Miz has been WWE champion but you're like they aren't three guys you would have thought oh these guys are going to gel really really well yeah and you know put together a really good match but you could see Miz being very much the ring general and the finish was fantastic on this as well that when it came to it that um, Miz had Barrett in the figure four leg lock and then Axel jumps in and lies on top of Barrett and gets the pin mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a nice creative finish um, arguments can be made as to whether that pin should count but yeah it was a really good match between uh, those three and a nice enough opener to get the crowd going and the crowd was really um, hyped up for Axel winning the belt so you, if you listen after the match you can really hear them being very positive towards him and I think the whole stuff after you see him he's talking up towards this guy obviously yes, talking yeah. to his dad <clears throat> uh, is also pretty good um, you've got Mr McMahon interrupts Triple H backstage um, this is kind of where the sort of start of everything was kind of going on now that we are seeing happening now. We looked like there was going to be more conflict between McMahon and Triple H, but now, as we see, they're all you know chums and such. <laughs> um, but yes, the big Divas match on the card, uh, Caitlin versus AJ Lee. Caitlin, the Divas champion. AJ Lee, the challenger. Um, one of the best Divas matches that you will see in recent WWE history probably since pretty much um, the sort of golden age Um, these two just completely click in the ring um, far better than their match at the next pay-per-view because um, they got a bit more time in this one Um, the reason they got a bit more time in this one people think is because this was coming off TNA's pay-per-view where um, was it uh, Trin Terrell and Gail Kim. Gail Kim had their <clears throat> last man standing? Yeah, uh, and then they had a lot of match on yeah. um, TNA. So this was apparently WWE's kind of response and saying, oh, well, you think your girls are good? Well, here's our girls mm-hmm. and let them go. And some of the stuff in this match is fantastic, just the back and forth. And um, let's just say, Caitlin, having been a you know a bodybuilder before WWE, she still has some strength on her, I'll tell you. Just I know AJ's a wee lightweight, but yeah. um, some of the stuff that girl can do, just the when she was in uh, the submission hold towards the end, breaking out of that, going for the spear. It was a really well psychologically put together match because obviously Caitlin's been getting wound up in the run-up to this match and she thinks having speared AJ, she can take her time. AJ kicks out and then that leads into the finish with AJ putting her in the submission for the second time and winning the Divas title. Um, after that, um, Layla and Natalia and Alicia Fox and all for Caitlin. Um, it was quite funny in the run up to that backstage segment. The crowd were very hard on Caitlin, saying "You tapped out, you yes, tapped out." Yeah, because that's whenever she starts like dropping to her knees and and uh, Layla comes yeah. out and kind of puts her arm around her. And uh, needless to say, the crowd weren't uh, very sympathetic because they were happy <laughs> enough. This was very much a sort of. Uh, WrestleMania style New Jersey Raw sort of you know older crowd that didn't really care about much of the faces um, as was seen in the next match on the card which was the United States Championship match between Dean Ambrose and the big red monster Kane um, in the grand scheme of the matches so far I would probably rank this as the weakest on the card so far 
Um, nothing really down to the, the competitors or anything like that because it really kind of is a quick enough match between the two. Um, if memory serves, wasn't this the this was the count out? I think Kane got counted out against Ambrose for Ambrose to retain. Um, and uh, then Big Red Monster moved on eventually into his uh, segments and such with Bray Wyatt but not much more really to be said about that match uh, after that we had uh, the shock of the night mm-hmm. uh, it's fair to say the World Heavyweight Championship match between Dolph Ziggler and Alberto Del Rio this was Dolph Ziggler just coming back after having had his concussion that was given to him by his former tag team partner Jack Swagger Oops. yeah whoopsie indeed um, a fantastic match between these two. These two can really, really go in the ring. Um, my main memory from it simply is the fact that um, me and the guys were just sitting there watching the match and chatting away, you know, mind their own business. Um, you know when you sort of have not your full attention, but maybe about three quarters of your attention on yeah, the match? Yeah, it's kind of like you're looking at your phone and your eyes kind of glancing at the TV yeah, every so but, often. You know, instead of looking at the phone, you're talking yeah. to the guys in the room with you. And you're just kind of glancing back every now and again, and then you just we just kind of catch out of the corner of our eye, Del Rio delivering this big kick to Ziggler's face, and we all just kind of we don't go silent, but we're still kind of we're just our attention's brought to the match, and we see Del Rio goes for the pin, and it's one, two, three, and we're just like we just look at each other and like what the hell just <laughs> happened, and I think it was because we didn't really pay. Our full attention to the match that we didn't realize throughout. We know we saw that uh, that Del Rio was delivering kicks to Ziggler and stuff like that, yeah. but we didn't realize how clinical and terrible he was being in target in the head in the yes, match. Yeah. Um, but you saw, obviously, then at the end of this, that it was the start of the double switch yeah. that we got between the two. That the announcers, when I rewatched this, you were saying they were bigging Ziggler up and saying, you know, Ziggler's done really well coming back from a concussion and fighting in this match, and they were trying to kind of keep him, save as much face as possible in terms of having lost the title. Um, and then Del Rio was after a match promo, obviously, you know, trying to act sort of the face, but he was being a bit smarmy and the crowd yeah. were like, you've just won the title from Ziggler, and it was the perfect time to do it for Del Rio. Because everybody was getting on Ziggler's side. I think it's kind of Del Rio seems to have the magic of like he just pulls kind of like a face, you know, like the eyes kind of oh, close right. a bit, and then he's like right, you know, like he's yeah, heel he's, he's in heel mode. Yeah, like, he is a far better heel than he is a face. But don't get I, me wrong, I enjoyed him as a face. I enjoyed him as a face as well. So I did. I think um, if he didn't have Ricardo with him, I don't think he would have been as good of a, as a face as he yeah, was. Exactly. But you know, like obviously. We're in Charted Waters well, Del, with Del Rio now being on his own. Yes, we are. But I have a funny feeling that'll all be a big swerve, so will we. With uh, Ricardo, with Roberto Van Damo. I think it would have been better <laughs> if... Uh, just to deviate for a second. I think it would have been better if they waited until Ray was coming back and they had Ray Mysterio. So he would have swapped one Mexican for another. Yes. You know. Well, you never know we could get that. He could make his own stable. Oh my gosh. Instead of having the Dangerous Alliance or the Heenan family, we have uh, the Ricardo. Triple R or whatever. Uh-huh. Rob, Ray, Ray. and Ricardo. <laughs> Ricardo. See, it's all planned. It's there done. It's good. That happens under all. <laughs> we want money. Sky bet. Um, but anyway, moving on from that. Uh, we have Chris Jericho Y2J versus the hometown boy Chicago's own CM Punk. Um, 
what can you say about this really apart from again another phenomenal match on the and card this is obviously you know Punk's first appearance since losing to Undertaker at Wrestlemania yeah. you know like we all thought that it would be a case of he'll not turn up you know yeah like, everybody we all thought that you know, well the original plan that you thought in your head that was going to happen until the whole Fandango situation broke down was that Curtis Axel hadn't been put in a match up until sort of last minute with the whole Fandango thing we were originally thinking it was going to be Fandango, Miz, Barrett for the IC title Fandango will win the IC title so on and then CM Punk won't show up and Heyman will come out with Curtis Axel and it'll be him versus uh, uh, Jericho um, but no, alas the whole Fandango thing changed everything more than likely and CM Punk came in to face Chris Jericho to a rapturous welcome from the hometown crowd um, Heyman of course is still with Punk at this point It's you know in the run up to this Heyman was still playing the heelish manager for a heel Punk and um, I always remember the funny thing going on in that Raw where Heyman says oh Punk's sitting at home watching the programme and Punk had literally five minutes ago posted a tweet picture of him at a baseball game <laughs> um, but no a really really good match and this again was another one that uh, started a switch from uh, a heel to a face even though Punk did come out and act face throughout the entire match it's very much it was like home crowd. I was going to say it's very much like whenever uh, Bret Hart's in Canada yeah. you know like if he's a heel he'll just be revered no yeah. matter what he's done he'll just be revered there and the same with Punk in yeah. Chicago but we got the proper start of an actual turn from the fact that you see Heyman starts to creep up the steps and you just see Punk go what are you doing Paul uh-huh. and Paul almost costs them the match all that sort of stuff but uh, CM Punk comes out the uh, victor and uh, maybe not the best match between these two but um, I think they're cannot mania. call it anywhere near a bad match yeah at all. I think their mania stuff was probably a yes, bit better on it that was a fantastic match and then their street fight after that as well exactly then we had the uh, WWE Tag Team Championship match which was Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton and and Daniel Brian. So this is quite weird to see the tag titles so late in the card. Yeah, because you would have thought that maybe the Divas match would have went on like about here. Yeah, getting ready to gear up for the main event. Yeah. Because you have the three big matches here towards the end. Well, sorry, actually four big matches, really, when you think about it. Because mm-hmm. you've had the World Heavyweight with Ziggler and Del Rio. It's went straight into Jericho and CM Punk, which was amazing that the crowd still had the energy when they got to CM Punk. Yeah. After Ziggler and Del Rio. In their hometown, yeah. But that's maybe just simply because it's you know hometown crowd for Punk. But the crowd was still pretty hot during this uh, Shield versus Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan match. It was a good match, but I think wasn't this this is the one that I think was cut short on the card because I think something that went long or it's either that or this was the one that went long and the main event got cut, but something something went long at some stage. Um but no, this was a good match and uh the it was a case of the Shield retained the tag titles here. Um it's quite funny when you look at this now that it was Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan as a tag team. Yeah. Um because this was around the time they were having like a sort of a wee mini feud as well because they had the likes of the matches uh, on the Raw as well the un- uh, the unprotected chair shot that they got fined for mm-hmm. and all as well but uh, nonetheless final match of the night uh, was uh, John Cena and Ryback in the three stages of hell it all rounded up with the ambulance match and 
you can kind of see clearly that that spot is coming because you kind of just saw this clear line on top of the ambulance that there was a wee bit of a thinner roof on top than normal. And but you can kind of as well, this is Ryback's last pay-per-view appearance that he's actually wrestled the match in. Mm. And uh, needless to say, this ambulance needed an ambulance <laughs> uh, because it just fell apart. Ryback was ripping doors off it, lights were popping out, the whole fucking <laughs> stuff like was happening with this. But it was a good finish um, to the match. Maybe not the best of matches to finish the night considering the all the matches we'd had prior on the card yeah um it's kind of hard to go out and beat like Ziggler and Del Rio and Punk and you know Jericho you know those are going to be hard matches to beat um but still it was a solid enough uh match um and uh, as you say Ryback has kind of faded into bullying obscurity now mm-hmm. um I think it's only a matter of time before something like this, somebody from Be A Star comes in and kind of teaches... Well, I think that is probably what's going to happen here, because have you heard the news that apparently at a recent WWE meeting, they've been told to start preparing a shed load of merchandise for Ryback, which is again a sign of either a major push or a face turn, um, which wouldn't really surprise me because the heel turn to him yes made a fantastic impact on that raw that we were at in New Jersey because everybody loved it because it was Cena getting beat up and all but he just doesn't do it as a heel for me no he doesn't I think he I think they were getting the feed me more over and as soon as they started getting it over not, then I was nobody like, anything to shout no and I said like what do you say from now, and then you he know. just gave people more excuses to chant Goldberg at him mm. basically by him not having a chant yeah but uh Yep, a pretty darn good pay-per-view in the grand scheme of things. I would probably um, rate this pay-per-view a 9 out of 10 uh, in terms of... uh, The only things that would have probably let it down were the Dean Ambrose and Kane match simply because it was much of a muchness and just the... um, Maybe for me, the fact that the John Cena and Ryback match, the tables fall, was exactly the same thing that had been happening yeah. in dark matches and house shows that I had seen uh, in Belfast, so that just wasn't anything special to me. Um, when it comes to uh, extras, there's a, a few different things on here. Um, you've got DVD extras, you've got uh, Payback 16th of June 2013, I'm assuming that's maybe just something... Um, based on the day but special features you've got CM Punk and Paul Heyman discuss payback you've got the history of the shield Team Hell No and Randy Orton uh, Blu-ray exclusives you've got Monday Night Raw 10th of June 2013 Triple H vs Curtis oh, Axel that whenever he like you know like he's that's where Vince I think was involved no it's it? not not the one that he goes to get uh, Triple H like ha- has you know like concussion and he's outside and he's like he's all wobbly and stuff I'm trying to remember if remember it was that it might have been I might have been getting the months mixed up but um, there was, there's been a few things with Triple H and Curse actually you've had that one then you've had the whole Vince stopping and starting matches and all yeah. as well but then there was Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns as well Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins John Cena and Ryback face to face then you have Smackdown 14th of June 2013 which is Daniel Bryan distances himself from Kim and how very dare mm-hmm. uh, and then you've got also Team Helno and Randy Orton versus the Shield. Also, again, what difference times make in terms of those matches for The Shield. They were beating everybody, and now they're lucky to beat Mark Henry and the Usos. 
Yes. So uh, yeah, if that payback interests you, head over to www.dvd.co.uk. Twelve ninety nine on DVD, and then for a pound extra, you get the Blu-ray That's version. That's hellishly good value, considering it, the fact that for the pound more, not only are you getting the quality of the Blu-ray, but then uh, those extra matches from Ron Smackdown. Yes, so that's the case of that there. Now, with um, WDVD.co.uk, not only do you get the, you know, like all the wrestling events, such as you can pre-order Money in the Bank 2013, SummerSlam 2013, the Money in the Bank anthology, but you can also pre-order No Holds Barred, um, the... The film starring Hulk Hogan and uh, Tiny Lister, I believe his name is, Zeus, mm-hmm. in this. Um, and again, DVD is nine ninety nine, and the Blu-ray is ten ninety nine. Now, from the trailer I've seen, the um, Blu-ray looks a heck of a lot better, obviously. Um, 1989, this was originally out. Um, I was born. <laughs> so, um, it's actually available Monday 7th of October, but if you do pre-order it, there is like a little bonus you can enter into if I can find involving Mr was. Hogan himself yes involving Mr Hogan he's just keep changing these wee banner things yeah so if you pre-order it you pre-order for a chance to win a framed DVD signed by Hulk Hogan an original VHS copy of the movie so it just means you can pre-order it for your you know ten ninety nine and be entered in to maybe winning that lovely set they did something similar um, with one of these sets to do with Triple H and you could get like a signed um, uh, DVD, like a, sleeve. It's DVD sleeve and like a nice plaque. So it's nice to, off- to see them offer you some incentives there. Um, but that is going to do it for us. Um, we shall be, well, I don't know if you'll be back um, next time. Apparently, with me on WrestleShock, it's not proper, so um, I might not be back. So there you go. You might not be back, but <laughs> y- y- you never know. Um, it just really depends on if we get to see um, certain items. Um, if you're wondering about upcoming events as well, um, to, do with their, event. to do with their um, release schedule, there is quite a few um, items coming out. Obviously, awesome Payback is just released today, 26th of August. Um, as we've said, the best of WWE at Madison Square Garden is the 9th of September. Um, the week after that um, is the Legends of Mid-South Wrestling. Um, Goldberg The Ultimate Collection is the 7th of October that's a really good shout if you're going to Wrestlemania going to WrestleCon to meet Goldberg what a good idea to get you something for him to sign is his Ultimate Collection on DVD or Blu-ray you may have just given me the best idea ever but if you're also doing that if you pre-order Goldberg The Ultimate Collection you save 10% on WCW titles Mm -hmm. so you can get the best of um of Monday, Monday Nitro, Night Nitro stuff, yeah. uh, Volume 2 on Blu-ray and then the one that I can't wait for 14th of October is Triple H Thy Kingdom Come this will I think be DVD slash Blu-ray of the year I think this will take some beating um, if this is anything like the Austin Punk uh, documentary 2 hour, 2 and a half hour I will love that um, it does look good especially based on the trailer yes and then near Christmas time as well 2nd of um December, you have history of WWE. Really intrigued to see how that is done, uh, how we go through the different mm-hmm. eras and things like that. But that is going to do it for us. So, um, Alan, if you'd like to promote anything that isn't on this channel, feel free. Okay, okay. Well, you're on this channel anyway, so you know about RetroShock, so don't have to harp on about that or anything like that. But as Chris said at the start of the show, you can. Uh, watch me do some rambling and talk some rubbish on YouTube at uh, Alan G W Price. Just search that. It's A W L A N G W P R I C E 
on that one and then you can follow me on the Twitters um, at Alan GW Price also and uh, that'll do me there's nothing else major I think I have to talk about brilliant yeah so uh, make sure you head over www.dvd.co.uk get your pre-orders in and uh, thank you for watching watching listening it's because you said YouTube I'm all thrown off now <laughs> I'm never normally as that's bad. my history of doing that to him yes so uh, thank you for listening and uh, toodle pip toodle pip and until next time Chuck's away. No. In 1989. Oh no! The world had a burning question. Uh, what's that smell? <laughs> More than 20 years later, rediscover the film that defined an era for the first time ever on DVD. Brother. July 3rd, brother.